Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Tesla Faith. Tesla, I need you to do something that's the greatest, most amazing thing you can do. Tell everybody who you are and why you are here today. All right, so my name is Tesla Faith. I was not always a Tesla Faith. I was actually a Rebecca Peterson. So when I was born, I was named Tesla. I have no idea why my mom picked that name. And I say mom because I don't know my dad. And um, a few hours later after I was born, I was taken away. And I was uh, moved into a bunch of different homes for about three years and where I was adopted. When they adopted me, they decided I needed a name change at the same time. So they gave me the name Rebecca Elizabeth Peterson. At the time, they felt like that was the best thing to do, but I struggled for years trying to find my identity. So fast forward about 28 years old, I changed my name back to Tesla Faith. And <laughs> ever since then, I have felt like I have gotten all of my puzzle pieces. Of course, the missing links, you know, trying to figure out who you are, what you're supposed to be, where you're going in life. I felt like that was one of the most defining moments in who I am to have my name back. I know it's something so small, but when you go through identity, <laughs> identity uh, lack, identity breaks, when you get your name, something so simple, your name back, you choose that name before you come to earth. And oh my gosh, my life began to change at that point. All my psychic gifts started to open up. My, my life got just so much better. Anyways, so who am I? I am definitely a woman who took her time to figure out who she was. I had to go through quite a few struggles and... Oh, changes, up and downs, and uh, I chose to be positive through all, all of it. So I, I found that the strength comes from choosing to be positive throughout the changes. So I am a woman who has gone and walked a rocky uphill both ways path, <laughs> endured many things, um, that have shaped my character because I chose to be someone who took life for me rather than to me. Okay. So. Now uh, we'll get a little deep because you went deep there with us and I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I, I can't help it. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> I that. Yeah. I appreciate that. But let's go back to Rebecca real quick. Well, okay. When, when did you get your first adversity at being Rebecca? Because you found some, somewhere you had to find out that there was a Tesla so how did that happen? Yeah, um, I think it happened over the course of once I left home. So when I was about 10, I believe my parents, my adopted family told me that I was adopted. I do believe that is something that they should have done because I was adopted. I looked different. I act different. I mean, everything about me was so different from them, even though I am a woman, I am a human. I just was different. Um, so that would have started it. And I knew, I knew things were off. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 19 and 20 when I first got married that I remembered my name being Tesla. And I started going on that search, trying to figure out who that person was, where was my mother, who was my family. And I ended up getting on Google. <laughs> this is how crazy uh connected google is okay i had one piece of information from my adopted mother and that was an address i believe 
And with that address, I found a name. I called them up. And this was a course of months. It wasn't like I just went in there and found it. Okay. And do you want me to stop? I know. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I found out that it was a, a man living at that house. And I explained the names. Um, it was an Aunt Perry and Aunt Terry and my mother, Suzanne. He said, yes, he remembered them and was able to give me a number. And that number gave me the direction to my Aunt Perry who gave me to my sister, Stephanie, who was my mother's, my actual biological mother's oldest child. So she's about 20, 21 years older than me. Whoa. Something like that. Yeah. So my mom was almost 50 when she had me. I was born in 1990. Anyways, um, when I met them, so many things started to fall in place. I went into the military out of my adoptive family. I was the only one to go into the military. I was the only one to have the psychic gifts. The only one that was rebellious. <laughs> I was rebellious because I wasn't conforming to the things that I was told I had to be. And I found that out as an adult. But anyways, um, I met my sister through the phone. I never actually met her in person. And a couple years later, I met my mother. When I walked in that door to meet my mother, it was another one of those puzzle pieces. It was like, holy hell, this woman accepts me for exactly who I am. Never seen her in 21 years. And she's embracing me, giving me a hug, telling me she loves me. And it was amazing. It was another one of those pieces where Tesla felt right. Like my mom made me this, this needs to happen. So it wasn't until I was 28 though, that I finally made that chant or that change due to some circumstances. But it was a period of, many different changes and many different identity like oh i'm missing something like why do i feel called to be named this person person again why why am i feeling empty you know what i mean yeah i guess if you don't have your name uh, someone that's had a name change that was taken from them and it was something that was taken without my consent and i'm not dogging my adoptive parents but when changes are made without that person saying that's what they want you take pieces from them that they struggle to find so um i don't think there was any one defining there were many different moments that led up to all right this just needs to happen i don't really care if i offend you anymore i don't care if you don't like the name this is me and that's also part of my journey is just accepting who i was even if i wasn't loved conditionally because it was always conditional it doesn't oh. matter because I am myself unconditional. That makes sense. That makes okay. sense. So you became Tesla Faith <laughs> and you meet your mom. And um, we'll go into a little detail on that because I'm really interested in that. that, that this, is, this is like a, this is, it's amazing to me because like, you know, when you start talking to somebody, you, you build a quick conversation in these pre-calls that we do. And then you find out so much more, yeah. like it's so much more like you've got a storybook life. Um, yes. so let me ask you, let's dig a little bit into your mom real quick. If you don't care, is that acceptable? No, that's um, perfectly open. All right. So you met your mother, you all yes. embrace. And what's yes. the story that she tells you? Um, I did not get a full story from my mother. I felt like my mom had been through enough and the medication that she was on did not allow her to go back to those horrendous points in her life. Okay. She told me what she remembered 
Um, and it was my sister that gave me the story. But again, I felt like my sister, my mother's older daughter, gave me the story um, that I cannot help but feel was somewhat biased. And now that my mother and my father, I did meet my father, we can get into that. Um, they ended up um, passing away in 2013, months apart from each other. So um, I did get to meet my mom right before she died and that was amazing. But um, I don't feel like I got much of a story. Most of it came from my sister. So if you'd like the story, I can give it to you. Yeah, go ahead, because <laughs> this is interesting. Okay, I know. Okay, so I'll give you what I've been told and what I intuitively feel um, for my own puzzle pieces. And I say puzzle pieces a lot because we're made up of different chunks of experience, of thoughts, feelings, people, and and changes. So my mother had five children. I was the last of five. I was born March 9th, 1990. I have the newspaper clipping that my sister Stephanie uh, sent me of my mother getting into trouble with the law because she was living in her car. She did not have a home. She did not have a home and she had three children ranging from three years to like five or nine months. She was with a boyfriend. They had left the car, according to the newspaper clipping, and the three-year-old, being a baby, fell asleep, rolled off of the seat, and suffocated the baby. My mother went on trial for murder, along with her boyfriend. I do not know what really would have come from that, being that if an accident happens, it's understandable. I wonder if there was more to the story. Okay. She went on, she went on trial um, and was acquitted, but was also told that she was mentally unstable and that she could not have any more children in the state of California. Somewhere down the line, she met my father, <laughs> fell in love, was supposed to get married, And when she got pregnant, she panicked. She took off for the state of Washington and ended up living with her sister, Aunt Terry. Okay, Terry and Perry. Terry, (laughs) Terry, Terry, okay. She went to live with Aunt Terry in Washington, which is where I was born. And when my sister, Aunt, or my aunt, her sister, Aunt Perry, yeah, I'm getting confused, <laughs> found out found out that she had had me, decided to go up to the state of Washington, okay, so from Sacramento, California, this is the story, and took me from my mother with only an hour having been with my mother. So she gave birth, expected to keep me, was thinking that her life was going to be better. She was supposed to marry this man and her her sister came in and took me. So within the next three years before I got adopted, I was in and out of homes. I don't know if I was in an adoption agency or if I was in foster care. I know that I was in yeah but no one has told me that I was in a system they just told me that I was moved around and taken care of until I was adopted by the Petersons and the Petersons were adopting another little girl so as an adult I feel that they felt pity and knew my my family my biological family and felt that they should adopt me since they were already going through um whatever the legal standpoint of all of that so I was adopted into that family 
Um, and my mother never was the same again, which I can imagine because I'm a mother to my own two children. So if I lost my child after thinking that my life was finally getting better and I was being blessed and to lose that, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do, but that's the story. Oh, that's powerful. <laughs> I, it is, but apparently my mother never told something along that line. I don't know something about my mom. My dad didn't know I was, uh, alive or that I was around I don't know because when I did meet my father's family they knew that I belonged to their family because I looked like them but they had never heard from me they never heard of me didn't dad didn't know anything about me so somewhere the story is not completely jiving with other pieces of history you know yes. so I've had someone ask me, well, wouldn't you be upset? Aren't you, aren't you mad that you were neglected or rejected? I'm like, <laughs> abandoned? Like, no, I'm really not. I mean, I, I, that has been a theme my entire life. Where do I fit in? Where's family? Who is my family? And I've had to learn to accept myself because quite frankly, I don't accept myself. I can't expect someone else to accept me. So my family is obviously my children <laughs> and <laughs> people that have come into my life and accepted me for me. I don't have to have blood related family. I don't have to have my adopted family. I don't have to have a boyfriend, a husband. I, I am simply loved and accepted for me regardless of who I am. And I chose to take the positive. And I know for a fact, because I saw where my mother was living and how the, the lifestyle that a lot of them had when I did start getting onto social media and seeing some of it, I would not be where I am today even though some of it was negative and some of it did leave imprints on my subconscious mind that I'm still working through, I would not be the successful, confident, loving, healer, person, woman that I am today. You know what I mean? Like I, I choose to just take the positive from it and go, yeah, that happened to me, but you know what? I'm here because of it. And I'm, I love who it is. And the great, greatest thing about this story that you told, like it molded you. Um, parts of this puzzle that you didn't know were parts of the clay that were coming together and you got that clay and it just built you up a little bit more and it did a little bit more with you. Now, let me ask you this, going through all this psychic powers, the intuition, when did that start? Because that's one thing that like, when I talk to people that have this, I call it a higher standard of being, um, you're, you're really mentally focused. You're really strong. You can tell that about you just by talking to you and how you look and how you stay very intimate with the eyes looking and paying attention. A lot of people don't do that. They'll look away, they'll look down or something like that. So that's one thing I want to commend you on there. Um, so when did you get your first intuitive act or feeling? Oh, man. All right. So I'm going to speak my truth, and I do not want anyone to think that I am dogging a religion or a lifestyle. I'm only okay. going to speak as to how I felt and how I perceived and why I am today the person. So I was a little, little girl and I had psychic gifts coming in left and right. <laughs> hmm. I was seeing things, talking to things. I was waking up in the middle of the night at precise numbers, having certain things happen, dreams, intuition, all sorts of things were happening to me. Um, but I was raised in a Christian home where I was told that I was um, working with the devil or the devil was communicating with me and I was going to go to hell. So over time, I began to suppress that. But 
it was hard for me to suppress it because like I said, I was different. It's really hard to suppress who you are. In fact, it'll cause that depression, that anxiety, that addiction, addictive type personalities because you're not living the person that you're supposed to be. You're not the creative person, you know? So I think my earliest, I was upstairs. I was homeschooled. So I was upstairs doing a bunch of schoolwork or more like playing, pretending to do schoolwork. <laughs> and I heard, I heard the phone ring and I immediately thought to myself, my sister is on the phone. She left glass on the stove and it blew up or whatever cracked and she's bleeding and she's calling mom for help. It was all just like a split second that information came in, just like a thought. And it was all very visual. I saw it all. And then uh, my mom got off the phone, my adoptive mom, and said exactly what I had just thought. And it was one of those things like, whoa, how did I know that? <laughs> Lots of little things. Like I had um, somebody, somebody I'd never found out who come and I had long hair at one point, um, whisk my hair around and then disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I had other situations where somebody that I was close to she was dying of cancer and I would leave her gifts and my form of gifts were this little tiny flower I dug out of the yard. It was probably a weed, but to me it was the gesture of here's a gift every day. And then I gave her like a carrot. <laughs> Just giving her little things to make her smile. Well, anyways, um, because I had done that, I was emotionally connected to her and she looked forward to those gifts with that emotional connection. We are connected to the soul. So when she died, I remember being dead asleep and woke up and stared at my clock. And I remember that to this day, exactly how my room looked. And at 930, I didn't understand. Like, I don't know why I'm awake or why the hell I woke up out of the sleep, but I'm staring at the clock and I'm sure I won't forget this. The next morning, my mom told me, hey, you remember that neighbor lady? She died at 930 last night. What? <laughs> so I was definitely like, whoa, there's no way that I've got all this. And I, I didn't know at the time what was going on. And I was also very strongly pulled towards um anything halloween okay so anytime any type of witches spells the halloween theme like all of that and i didn't understand why because i was not allowed to even look at that stuff let alone think about it you know what i mean another situation was um this is where i think i as an adult now and a developed psychic I understand that it was probably my spirit guide that was talking to me, my guardian angel. His name's Isaac, by the way. He looks a little bit like you. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my mother had a beautiful horse. My sister and my mother were big into horses. Me and dad were more into four wheelers and all that. I grew up in a, on a ranch way out in Oregon. So we had cattle and horses <laughs> and all that. Yeah. So I was the tomboy. My mother got on her horse managed to get down to the gate past the barn and her horse started acting funny and um she was highly upset she was crying and that is a massive animal even their heads are ridiculously heavy barely hold them up so when that horse went sideways and slammed against a tree we knew that it was over because that it wasn't holding itself up anymore and it's dangerous for them to be on their sides anyway so when it slammed against the tree and the vet got there, dad tried really, really hard to get mom to go away. But of course, that was her pet. She wasn't leaving. And I remember asking myself, because I was 12, 
I remember saying in my head, is this horse going to die? And I contributed it to God or a higher power because I immediately heard a very loud in this ear, <laughs> yes. I was like, what? <laughs> Looking around for who it was. And I was like, it was such a powerful feeling of, whoa, someone just communicated with me. And then sure enough, um, I think the vet gave the horse something to help it, but it had something going on with it and it just passed away. So anyways, those are some of them. Of course, I have a lot more now as an adult, but when I was little, that's kind of what triggered it. And I knew I was different. I mean, my thinking was of an old soul. There were things that I would tell my dad that I look back, I'm like, oh my God, that's what I was telling him. There's no way I knew that in that home. I wasn't allowed to even read that, let alone where that information come from. You know, <laughs> it was in my subconscious mind from a past life. So anyways, um, that's I, don't know, I knew I was different from the very beginning. Like, Okay, just, now let, let me ask you this about your skills. Um, intuitive medium. Okay. You want to know what that means? <laughs> well, I don't want to know what that means. I, I, I know what it means. The audience doesn't know. I'll okay. get to that in just a second. So with, okay. with having these traits, because we're not going to call them, I don't call them skills because I don't want to make it be derogatory towards what you have. These traits that are inside of you. Um, when did you refine them and start honing them as an adult to become this okay. medium that you are today? Okay, so I was about 20 years old when I sat in my son's room on my knees, crying, like a desperate cry. I was lost. I was scared. I was begging at the time, God, somebody, help me, because I feel like if I die, I'm going to hell. That was the idea that was placed in my mind growing up. It was so scary and so full of fear that I was literally crippling myself with being afraid of what I did next. If I do this, am I going to go to hell? Because at one point in my life growing up, it was literally to the point of you didn't do this. You disobeyed. You're going to hell. That is so crushing to a spirit, to a soul, to have that fear-based pathway is what it's called, correcting you and keeping you in this box. When I am a beautiful being with <laughs> goals and, and, a purpose that I want to live on a love-based pathway. So I remember thinking to myself, I've got to find out what I call looking for truth, my truth. I started searching, reading, oh man, um, digging. I almost would say that now that I've matured and become the spiritual person I am, probably was harassing anyone that called themselves a witch or psychic <laughs> on Facebook. I was begging for information. I was so hungry for direction and some type of peace. And when you do find your truth, you do find peace because you're okay with that idea, that religion, that spirituality, that way of life that is you. And you're like, oh, I can breathe because now I am loved for this wacky pink wall you know what I mean like just the simplicity of who you are you're loved for that there is no reason why you got to follow this or follow that so I about 24 years old started um obsessively digging I guess to where I thought that I had to do this 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 study that buy that book do this practice that to a point of oh my god Tesla doesn't even know who she is right now she's just doing everything 
about 24, 25 years old, let's see, 24, yeah, summer of 2014, I got my Reiki one, two and master, uh, Reiki master and started, started doing all of my healings. Um, and at the time I started my little business, I was trying to do my healings, but I had so much farther to go. I had no idea what I was doing, even though I had learned that modality. So about a year later, um, I started getting into high alkalinity foods, you know, carrots and certain nuts and staying away from the toxins of alcohol and sugar, which is not easy. It's but, hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. And I felt like each year I was implementing something that became a way of life. So eliminating fluoride out of my toothpaste, be careful with the, the um, what do you call it, deodorant that you put on and um, so on and so forth. Um, and it became, it became me. Um, 2015, I got a divorce. And this is really where my sense of who I am, what I wanted, where I was going, uh, began to really surface and take a toll, I guess. Um, Cause they say, when you go through divorce, you go through the, the phases of grief. And I was definitely losing who I was, didn't know who I was, where I was going. It was hard, but anyways, um, 2007, I had an aviation job because I'm an aviation mechanic. I did that in the Marine Corps and I do that now. I work for an EMS company here in um, Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, 2007, I started my business, Journey to Yahweh. I think about 2005, 2015, Journey to Yahweh divinely hit me. And I don't know why I chose it at the time. I was like, oh. I really like that name. Let me use that. Well, when I dug deeper on Yahweh, Yahweh is the Hebrew word for God, which means I am. So journey to I am. Yeah. Journey back to the core of who you are. I am love. And I, I, I'm my entire course of teaching anybody anything is just coming back to the point that you are loved. Because if you understand that you are loved unconditionally by the source, there isn't anything that's going to get in your way. You've got a strength and a power and a, 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 a field or a legion if you will of angels and backing that you cannot be cannot be tested but anyways let me get back so about 2007 i started journey to yahweh because i wanted to teach people to come back to their core of the subconscious mind and how they were created and how life here on earth changes those buying and selling of those beliefs getting those limiting beliefs holding you back from who you are what you're supposed to be doing in your life and so on and so forth it's where a lot of the unhappiness and lack of identity and so on um what we believe, what we feel, what we think, all of those things bring into our conscious reality, what we experience every day. I began to do what are called angel detoxes. So I, I work very closely with the angel realm. And the detox is like straight healthy fruits and vegetables that are in a juice form. And you detox, like take everything out and start over. <laughs> oh, wow. For like, I, I don't know, it was like seven days or 15 days straight detox and um it's hard to do it is hard to do because you've got to break that that mind over body controlling what you want to eat and drink and watching movies who knows what um and i began to gain a following people were like oh 
oh, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Uh, what psychic gifts are coming out of that? I'm like, I don't really know. All I know is that I'm following my intuition. They're telling me to do this. I do that. <laughs> and that's the point. Follow your intuition. You cannot go wrong because that's your, that's your little, imagine like a, a red beam coming out of your stomach because that's where your intuition sits there with your right. uh, solar plexus. Just kind of imagine it hooked on a path. When you get off the path, well, then the, the red dot gets a little longer because you got to get back. <laughs> got to get back on your center line. <laughs> so, um, it was 2017, October, 2017. I found a book and this was my defining moment. Okay. I had a, a spiritual awakening is what it's called. Um, and we, you basically lose, I'm looking for my book. Sorry. My entire <laughs> identity was dropped, completely changed. You don't know who you are. I mean, it's one thing to don't know who you are when you're like going through a divorce, but it's a whole nother thing when you don't know who you are as a human on earth. Everything I had been taught as far as the religion with Christianity, just you sit there and all the little puzzle pieces, again, puzzle pieces, like, how did I know this information? Where did this come from? How, what? So this book is written by Doreen Virtue, 10 messages your angels want you to know. And they teach you about how your mind creates your reality, how there is no, there is no separation from God, creator, universe, source, whatever you want to call it. There is only the illusion of separation that is created by humankind. There is a love-based and a fear-based pathway. You manifest and create off of those thoughts and feelings. Um, what happens when you die? Um, and know what your point is here on earth i mean you're you've got a purpose every single person has a passion that passion is your purpose there's no reason why you wouldn't love something and then oh no go work in the mines instead no you're supposed to live that passion you are supposed to <laughs> be successful and happy based on what you're supposed to be doing and i tell people you cannot fail at being who you are because you've been given everything that you need to be that person if you want to be a vet and you're obsessed with animals and you know but your parents want you to rather be a lawyer because that's all they've done sorry honey now's the time to break that you become that vet because i guarantee you will be massively successful not on top of that but happy happy you have to be happy you have to make choices to make yourself happy in order to be flourishing you know what i mean okay so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i got all my second gifts they're coming in so i had my spiritual awakening in october 2000 what was that 17 and trust me i had some issues and people did not understand why i was feeling the way i was and those of you who have gone through a spiritual awakening understand the identity crisis why am i even alive at this point like i don't know if i'm supposed to be breathing right now do i eat <laughs> you're just lost <laughs> so um it was i i started meeting uh, with a bunch of people in that town and um just working with people communicating and they understood it was great to have that um that help or that support january when i was doing a reading and a healing an energy healing on a woman i had compartments in my mind don't laugh i genuinely had little bubbles in my mind that i would separate and i would use for readings healings and whatnot and i would always work with archangel Raphael and archangel Mikael, michael and uh one's the protector one's the healer they would come in the room and they would do their thing with me and i remember being psychically so clairvoyance works with the third eye and i was projecting myself into this room I laid this lady down and I can see energies. So based on what I have attuned myself to see, the energy that came forward, she's got a beautiful, every person does have this beautiful, transparent, pearlescent, beautiful, 
energy and then pops up the chakras. And depending on how they look, the work needs to be done on a balance. And then on the black splotches, that's something that has to be removed. Whole another story. The, <laughs> uh, while I was working on this lady, pulling in energy and watching it flow and then working on her um, psychically, I wasn't physically touching her. All of a sudden, this woman with like this short crown of whitish curly hair, like older ladies have, she immediately looks at me and she's very defined. Like she was looking at me with this face of like, don't you dare hurt my daughter. And I felt that and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I had never seen a spirit or anything like that in my mind before. So I was totally thrown and I popped back up out of meditation and just stared at my wall going, what did I just see? And I began to understand that I was a medium, a psychic medium. So I was able to see um, spirits, angels and whatnot. And oh my goodness, what a, what a, a shock really. So down to it there's energy healer there's psychic gifts and then there's also psychic medium or intuitive medium so for me intuitive basically the same thing your psychic gifts work off of your intuition your uh intuitive medium i consider myself um someone who is able to feel see sense hear and work with spirit so all of those psychic gifts together it is a uh I don't know. I don't even know the right word to explain it. It, it is a lot going on. When it's I a conglomerate. Everything. Yeah, that's your conglomerate, basically. One thing I wanted yeah. to touch on, and, and it was something that we don't talk a lot about in society, but you brought it up. You brought up the thought of how religion, when we're young, it's an institution of thought. It's almost about like a prison. And the only reason I wanted to bring it back up is because when we were young, all of us, I mean, Christians or whatever you were or whatever you are, Muslim, whatever, we were, we were all hard pressed with these ideas, this ideology that you have to conform. And then once you conform, you have to confine yourself. And I wanted to tell you, I appreciate you for expressing that in this in this interview and you did it in such a great way. Like you didn't just sit out here and just be, go bash Jesus or whatever, whatever you just said the actual part that we all forget about the cult part of religions, the human intuition that came from the people that made these rules, how they pressed it on yeah. you and you broke those chains. I really appreciate that. And how tasteful you were with that. Um, that goes a long ways with people because you didn't like press the issue in a derogatory way. So I want to tell you, thank you on that one. Now, your venture, Journey to Yahweh. I, I pronounce it wrong. Yahweh. Yahweh, sorry. Yahweh. It's all right. <laughs> so, you, so you got this concept and you build a business. Yes. You're, you're, you're nurturing it. It's your third child, basically. Correct? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> yeah, so this is your third child. So you're nurturing this and you're getting out here in the world. Where can people find this information if they want to find out more about this? Um, so there's a few different avenues. I'm most active on Instagram. So with Instagram, it is journey dot to T O dot Yahweh. My website is obviously www.journey to Yahweh, no dashes, no dots.com. Within my website, you will find the descriptive meaning as to why. I even started it, pretty much everything I already said. My okay. goal, who I am, what I plan on doing, um, 
and what I can do to help each individual person. Because although we are human and spiritual and have souls and past, each one of us have different limiting beliefs holding us back from our true self, our true I am's. I am loved, I'm confident, I'm happy, so on and so forth. And a lot of what I deal with mm, in the few years that I've been doing this, I am enough, I am loved, I am worthy seem to be the most prominent um, belief systems that are negative. So instead of I am enough, it's always um, I lack or I am enough, no. So their, their mind does not understand that I am enough. So leaning forward with the subconscious mind, they're actually I am enough, no. And they don't feel like they're enough. And then we get into the reasons of why. And then we get down to, oh, I know I was, I was five years old and my dad told me I was a failure. So I'd never amount to anything. But anyways, that's a whole nother story. Um, and then I also have a Facebook, but I don't do a lot on there. It is connected to my Instagram and it does go to that. But I, I recently started over because I felt it had a really stagnant energy. It just kind of because I don't spend a lot of time on there, I felt like it just kind of died down. So I started over. But like I said, Instagram is where I do most of my um, communicating. And then uh, I have a YouTube Think Align Manifest where I put my affirmational videos out and I do my subconscious mind work. And thank you. Thank you. That's, that's one of my favorite parts of the show. I call it the shameless plug. But something else happened along the way. You're out here and, and, and what happens to people? And this is something that I always love to, to tell people about themselves. You get out here and you become a voice, right? Well, once you become a voice, you hear an echo. That's the voice coming back to you. When the voice comes back to you, it puts an energy inside you. And usually the energy stops at your hands. In your case, it stopped at your hands. It's, you took a hand, you took a pen, you went to a computer, you started typing. Once you started typing, typing turns into self-help, self-care. Then you know what happens yeah. after that. It becomes a book. So please yeah. tell us about your book. Oh, it's like I didn't make you remembered. <laughs> but think okay, about the way I just so said it. Every, if you if you go over what I said, how it all takes place. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that. So when I was five years old, um, I've always been obsessed with books. I could eat a dang novel in a day at like 14. I was obsessed with reading. It was like my escape. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, I was five years old and I didn't even know that what I was doing was manifesting. And I, I don't know if I have that anymore. I think my, my adoptive parents probably do, but in my little hope chest, I wrote this book. I took one of those black, um, you ever seen, I, I don't know the name of it. Journal notepad. The one that looks like, the look, are you talking about the one that looks like cow pattern? Kind of, kind of. Yeah. It's, yes. Only bigger. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way bigger okay so <laughs> it was black and white yeah um and I was five years old and I wrote down my uh title and I wrote down my ending <laughs> uh, with my name and who I was at five years old I mean I don't know what I said but um that was the start of my manifesting of writing a book so I was about 2017 when I started realizing the affirmations were a part of my um purpose teaching people the affirmations. And if you look on my Instagram, I have a lot of them. And I promise you the power behind them. I've watched my, my life change um, in a matter of days. Um, and it'll be based on your faith and your belief system and, and the, the how many blocks or onion layers you have at how quickly these affirmations work. But um, I realized that that was something that I wanted to do. So I started uh, pulling affirmations for each chakra and I wanted to create a children's book. 
But the more I produced and edited and got the um, drawings and colors and words and everything put together, I realized that this book was not just children based, even though it's very simple and it's only about two pages per chakra. It is a basic guideline for every human on this earth to understand what the root chakra is, the color of it, the placement and the affirmation to use to settle that chakras in balance, whether it's overactive or underactive. There's so many different um, ways you can go with that. Um, I put this book together, dedicating it to my children and making it um, something very special and dear and realized that the impact it will have on children as a parent to read that ch child, that book every single day, even if just to teach them, they retain so much. This is why the molding and the impressing of the um, beliefs and ideologies and way of life, and this is how we do it, this is our culture, all of that makes a huge impression on a person as they're older than they begin to break that. So I put together seven chakras, because that's what we have, the seven main, the seven ones that everyone really talks about. Um, and go into depth with the affirmations, colors, locations, male, female, just the different silhouettes and um, com combining all different um, aspects of teaching you really one thing. And then it teaches you why I have the colors, the placement, the shapes and everything. It all is a method to the madness. The Marine Corps, they used to say that, well, there's a method to our madness. Like you're just making me crazy. So <laughs> there's a point. <laughs> <laughs> there's a point in that book why everything is very specifically put and you understand that you are your creator everything is energy and your intent is everything so you intend to heal you say i'm going to balance this out you're going to be able to do that with that affirmation if you want to visualize that color and use that as a meditation there's a mandala on the other side of the the page all of it comes together to help a person just find peace balance um and healing um, where, where is this book located at where can they get it Oh man. So I was selling it for a while. Um, and I did not feel like it was reaching the full potential that my soul wanted it to have. So if they go to my website, I actually give it away for free. Whoa. I just, I just want people to have it, <laughs> so, Is it in the so, ebook yeah, form yeah, or do they get a signed, signed physical copy? Well, I got originally when I first got them produced, I got 12 and I was so excited and I did sign all those and I put the dates and everything. So there's originals out there. There's probably like nine of them. because so I kept three that have the original dates and whatnot, but no, it is e-form now because I don't have that publishing company. I believe eventually I will have another publishing company because book two will be coming out with more in depth of how to use your mind to create and whatnot. But anyways, right now it's just a gift and I'm I feel so much better about that. Okay. I appreciate so. that. Now into the author circle. That's something that, uh, that's a series that I do. I got to ask you a few author questions when you were doing okay. this, obviously this was partial self-care for yourself, right? Yes. To a certain degree. So you get the self-care you need. In yes, sir. Bet the house. Uh, the most happiness podcast, the most grindingest podcast, the most hardworkingest podcast. Come tap in with us every Friday, brand new episodes on all platforms. So if you want that real, you want that funny, you want that authentic, this is the place to get it. We lit, we have fun, we party, but we always keep it real. We always keep it up, we always never let you down. Tap into us, bet the house, always bet the house.com. Let's go. Is unapologetic and we stand on that. We make you think, we make you laugh out loud.
the realest place on the internet, hands down. We give it to you straight, nothing here is watered down. The best show in town, and you can bet the house. Yes, you can bet the house. Yes, you can bet the house. We give it to you straight, nothing here is watered down. The best show in town, and you can bet the house. Then, did you get any self healing from this yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no way that I would be teaching this if I hadn't experienced the power and impact that this makes. So the defining moment that really set me down that path of realizing that I had to impact other people and it made me happy um, was when I was going through my divorce in 2015. I went to see a healer. Um, sometimes the healer has trouble healing themselves. So they go to someone else. And I went to a Reiki practitioner. And um, when I was leaving, I was very distraught. Of course, I was going through divorce, sad, negative. Everything was falling apart. <laughs> and um, as I was walking away, I was not one to um, ever hear, I love you, you are loved and all of that growing up. That was real kept to your heart um, and not given. It was something that was earned. And when I walked away from her, she opened her screen door and I remember her leaning out she yelled very loudly but not obnoxiously and she said you are loved and I remember stopping and turning around because I was kind of sideways from leaving her house and I looked at her and she started to say something else and I just remember thinking like why is she saying that like this is really weird like what did I do to earn this I just paid you for a session why are you telling me I'm loved what did I do to earn it and she finished whatever she was saying. I was walking away and she said it one more time, you are loved. I feel like that moment set me on a path of what is this? <laughs> what is this feeling? Why did she say that to me? And um, as I began to dig the whole, you are loved. You're loved Tesla for the fact that you are doing this and going there and you're impacting these lives and you're different from these people that raised you. That's okay. You're still loved. You're different and you're teaching something they don't agree with. It's okay. You're still loved. Um, it impacted me in more ways than I knew I needed. And it still does. I have two children who learn this from me, yet they're old souls and they teach me. So this <laughs> entire, this entire life has been a learning curve and to have these beautiful children in my life for me to teach them I'm learning from them myself so this entire journey of course I teach but I tell people I cannot be the healer that I am I cannot be the coach the guide whatever you want to say without first experiencing and having overcome these heartaches and these troubles and have the empathy to understand what you're going through I cannot be somebody Oh yeah, I can help you. Let me take your money and run. No, I have to actually experience what you're telling me and to know it changed me and have my own story for you to actually have that trust and understanding that I know what I'm talking about. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Man, that, that's deep. That really does answer my question. Now, now on your website, because we got to dig into that a little bit. Um, okay. Because you did the chakras and, and 